0: I pray this finds you having a wonderful day. I look forward to getting into God's Word this morning in the book of Joshua. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 5, and uh, we're going to be looking at um, really a specific passage, and that's going to be near the end of Joshua chapter 5, but we're going to look here at the main beginning uh, because we want to kind of pick up where we left off last week in chapter 4 about laying down spiritual markers and how the nation of Israel was able to cross over. Um, the Jordan River. And so uh, in chapter 5, starting in verse 1, it says When all the Amorite kings crossed the Jordan, across the Jordan to the west, and all the Canaanite kings near the sea <clears throat> heard how the Lord had dried up the water of the Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed over, they lost heart and their courage failed because of the Israelites. So we see that the miracle that took place of the parting of the Jordan River. Um, the nation of Israel putting down the memorial stones, the spiritual markers. Word was spreading quickly and these kings that um, were across the Jordan, uh, as they said, they lost heart and they lost their courage. Um, they understood that whoever the God of the Israelites is, He is powerful. And they Uh, began to worry. They didn't really know kind of what to do. Um, Their um, battle plans when you come up against the God of Israelites mean nothing. And so what God was doing is he allowed not only um, the nation of Israel to celebrate and be encouraged, God began to cause the nations that Israel was going to go fight against to completely lose their courage. And so from that point on, what happened was that God told Joshua that he wanted uh, the nation of Israel to um, be prepared and get themselves prepared. Uh, He wanted them to be circumcised. um, And that's the following verses here um, because he wanted them to uh, allow themselves. um, I guess you could almost say to start over. Uh, to kind of flush away all of the wilderness experience, all of the negativity of the disobedience from the wilderness, um, to kind of get all of that cleared up. And to allow them to really begin the process of taking the promised land. Um, To uh, take what God had uh, promised them and given them and So after all of this takes place, um, we're going to pick up in verse 13. And I want to read the uh, final uh, few verses of Joshua chapter 5, and that's kind of where we want to stay today, Uh, because I think that this this passage helps us so much more than maybe what we could imagine. I fear that one of the things that happens oftentimes when it comes to the Old Testament is that where we don't really talk about it, we don't preach about it, we don't teach about it, um, oftentimes we, we don't maybe see how the Old Testament can really be applicable to our lives. Um, there's a lot of things about the Old Testament, I think, that are very applicable Um For our lives, Uh, I don't think that we need to just read the Old Testament as stories that are there um, that really only affect that person or that specific nation. Um, I believe that this passage right here that Joshua is going to uh, be experiencing is one that we can take in our own lives today. Um, We can be able to have and be able to. Um, see so much significance in our own life and in our own situations. Um, and, and I think that that's the key thing concerning uh, all of the Old Testament. Um, I think the Old Testament is very underutilized uh, for us to be able to see some some great applications in our own life. Uh, starting in verse 13, though, of chapter 5, it says, When Joshua was near Jericho... He looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua approached him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Now, I try oftentimes when I read scripture, I try to make sure that I look at the human side as much as I possibly can. And... For me, I think this is a situation where Joshua is just needing a moment to himself, a moment of clarity. Um, I think Joshua was kind of in a mode here where he was just by himself. He wanted to go clear his mind, um, spend some time with the Lord to get ready for this battle. I think he was near Jericho, maybe even... uh, overlooking Jericho, being able to see a little bit of it, and so many thoughts running through his mind, so many thoughts about the the wilderness wandering, about how that they had stayed so faithful to the promise of God for um, the promised land that... There was probably some things going through his mind of, wow, you know, I've, I've been waiting for decades for this moment, and here it is, and I think he was just kind of taking it all in, and in the moment of all of that, here's this man who is standing in front of him with a drawn sword, and I want us to make sure we understand something. I don't believe in any way, shape, form, or fashion this is a figment of his imagination, I don't think Joshua was hallucinating. I don't think Joshua was in some kind of vision. I believe this was uh, absolute reality. I believe Joshua saw him. Um, I also believe that Joshua, this is a moment for him to really understand uh, something very specific. Um, And and I'll tell you what I mean by that. It's with the next reply. I want you to look at verse 14. Well, let's finish the end of verse 13 and let's go to verse 14. Joshua said, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. I have now come as commander of the Lord's army. Well, this is something that is called a Christophany. This is a moment when Jesus Christ appears in the Old Testament. In the book of Revelation, Jesus is referred to as the commander of the army of the Lord or the commander of the Lord's army. So that is how we understand and know that this is Jesus. But I want you to think about this for just a moment, understanding that this was Jesus. And think about the question that Joshua asked. Are you for us or for our enemies? And Jesus replied, neither think about that moment if you are Joshua and you've kind of went through this whole and again let's just lay that groundwork back out to make sure we understand this point here is this guy who has followed Moses Moses died God says you're going to be the new leader I will establish you as long as you don't look to the right, to the left, but you stay focused on my word. I'll um, bless you and everything that you do will prosper. Um, He begins to lead the nation of Israel. He uh, is able to take them and allow them to cross over uh, the Jordan River in this miraculous moment. Um, He's doing all of these things and Joshua is trying to trust in the Lord in every aspect that he can. He is trying to make sure that what he's doing uh, aligns with God. And he sees this man and he looks at him and he says, Are you for us or are you for our enemies? Because Joshua is is looking at the situation and and saying, Okay, maybe I have to do something about this. And the person replies, Neither. But look here at the last, uh, last part of verse 14. Then Joshua bowed with his face to the ground in worship and asked him, "What does my Lord want to say to his servant?" Now, what's so important about Jesus's response here is what I think is important for us today and applicable. When Joshua said, "Are you for us or for our enemies?" Jesus replied, "Neither." Why did he reply that way? because we have to understand something very simply, and that is this. Everything God does is for His own glory. All right? Now, I want to make it a little bit applicable for us in in, in what I'm trying to, to state. One of, I think, the... One of the things I think that we do so often is this. When we pray... We spend so much time telling God what we're going to do and asking Him to bless it rather than us just being surrendered to God and say, God, your glory is what's most important. All right, I'm going to give you an example of what I'm talking about. Now, I don't want you to to take this the wrong way, and I don't want you to... I'm going to listen to everything because I want to elaborate on this, but I'm going to start with this example, and then I'm going to elaborate on it to help us to understand a little bit. All right, let's just say, for instance, this morning I get up, and I've got a busy day today, all right, and I look at it and say, okay, Lord, I come to you in prayer, and uh, Lord, I just surrender myself to you, and God, uh, I'm going to be doing... Um, A time of study today So I pray you bless it Lord, I'm going to be going And uh, going to a funeral today Lord, and I pray that You bless that time And Lord, I'm going to be doing this And I'm going to be And we start laying out All of these different things That we're going to be doing And we just kind of tag At the end of it That we want the Lord to bless it Or we want the Lord to do this And I think about When was the last time That I went to the Lord in prayer And just said what joshua said here at the very end of verse 14 joshua said what does my lord want to say to his servant what i find is when was the last time that i just sat down and i said lord today's not about me the only reason why i'm alive today and the only reason why i'm breathing is because you have a purpose for me the only reason you've not called me home to be with you for all eternity is because you have a purpose for me today. So, God, what are you wanting to say to me today? God, what are you wanting to do through my life today? God, how are you wanting to use me to bring glory to your name? And I know that that may sound very simplistic, but when we look at what Joshua asks, are you for me? Are you for us? For the nation of Israel? Are you are you for uh, the armies that uh, are for the nation of Israel? Are you are you for the enemy? And Jesus replied, neither, because what he's trying to teach Joshua is that everything God does is for his glory and for him. And oftentimes what we've done, and it's not that I I don't think we're we're intentional with this. I don't think that we're just trying to be uber rebellious. I don't think we're trying to be completely self-centered in all this stuff. I just think we've become very lackadaisical in our spiritual walk for us to pray in a way that says, God, this is all I'm going to do today, and you bless it, rather than saying, God, you tell me what you want from me today. I don't think we're purposefully trying to take God's glory. But I think what happens is because we get into such a fast-paced routine. And that's the second thing that I wanted to bring out about this. Notice Joshua just takes some time, and he's just taking some time alone. Joshua was not in a hurry. If there is one thing that I think is so detrimental about our culture and society today, it's that we are in a constant hurry about everything. Every aspect of our life is in a hurry. We literally live our lives by a clock. Everything that we have is planned out. We've got Alerts on our phone that we plug in that are constantly reminding us of all of the stuff that we got going on. We're in a rush all the time. Most of the time during the day, we are in such a hurry that it's it's so crazy that we don't even recognize sometimes the people that's around us. We don't recognize the things that's going on around us. We're just so locked in because we're so busy that we have to get stuff done. And I say that because... I think what happens is that affects our prayer life so much more than what we realize. Because we're in such a hurry, what we do is we spend time telling God, this is what we're going to be doing, and God, I need you to bless it, rather than being able to just kind of take that time. And as I talk to people, I'm telling you there are two things that every single Christian that I talk to That talks about wanting to grow and develop. They all have the same two things. Number one, I just don't feel like I got enough time to spend in prayer like I want to. And I'm just so busy. I just don't know that I have enough time. I don't feel like I have enough time to be in the Word. Those are the two most important things that we can do in our Christian lives is be in the Word and spend time in prayer. And yet those are the two things that the majority of every Christian I've talked to will tell you that they struggle with because they don't have enough time. And trust me, it's not a coincidence. One of the things that you have to do is you have to choose to take the time. When it comes to something like this right here, guys, listen, and I'll... I want you to to understand from, from Joshua's perspective here. Joshua probably had a lot that was on his mind and he could have done. He needed to train his troops. He needed to encourage his troops. He needed to prepare his leaders. He needed to make sure that the battle plan was laid out. He needed to make sure that everybody was on point with everything that was going on. But Joshua said, you know what? I know all of this is going on, but I need time with the Lord. And he chose to take that time. And he set aside that time. And he designated that time to where he said, this is so important, I cannot miss out on it. And one of the things that the enemy has done to us today in our culture and society is made us feel that because we are so busy that we cannot set aside time to do this because setting aside time to spend in prayer and spend in the Word of God according to our enemy, is not productive. But you know what? It's the most productive thing that you can do. Joshua has set aside time to be able to spend with the Lord. And guess what? The Lord shows up. Please, I want you to to hear what I'm getting ready to say. Because I think, again, sometimes it can be misconstrued if we have the wrong spirit in receiving these things. But I think one of the other reasons when we, when we pray, there's so many people that say, you know, I feel like prayer is just kind of routine and it's monotonous and I don't really feel the presence of God. Maybe it's because of, of exactly this. You've not set aside that time and you're not trying to have a dialogue with the Lord. You're having a monologue. You sit down, and in your prayer time, you tell God all the things that you need, all the things that you want God to bless, and all the people that you want Him to keep safe. You end your prayer, you get up, and you go through your day, and you wonder, why don't I feel God's presence? Because you never did try to to, to spend time in a dialogue with Him. You didn't spend time saying, God, I want to hear from you. God, I want to hear your heart. God, I want you to tell me what you want me to do today. Here's what... Joshua's doing, he's going to spend time with the Lord, and the Lord shows up. And then look what he says here. He he, he shows us that it's a dialogue and not a monologue. He looks at Jesus here in the last part of verse 14 and says, What does my Lord want to say to his servant? And look in verse 15. The commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did that. You want me to tell you what that really kind of says? Joshua, I want you to take your shoes off and I want you to dwell with me. Because right now, you are in a holy environment. You know what prayer is for us? Prayer is a holy environment. You know what prayer is for us? Prayer is us. Our prayer is for us like it was for the high priest going into the Holy of Holies. It is us being in the presence of God. Prayer is a time that is sacred. Prayer is a time of us being able to just be in reverence and in awe of our Father. And prayer is a time that should be a dialogue with the Lord. Of Him being able to hear our heart. Us being able to hear His heart. And us not rushing the time. Prayer should not be about us trying to get it it done as fast as we can. Prayer should not be about us trying to just get out as much as we can in the 30 seconds we got to pray. Prayer should be us making sure we set that time aside to just sit down and spend time with the Lord. Because notice, oh this is so good, notice this. Joshua is getting ready to lead the nation of Israel against the most fortified city known to man at this time. And we're going to talk about that next week in the city of Jericho. But think about the weight that is on Joshua's shoulders about this battle coming up, about the the promise that they've been waiting on for over 40 years. This promise is finally coming to fruition. Joshua is the guy who's going to be leading the charge. He's the one who's going to lead the nation of Israel. He's got so much on his mind. And guess what? He doesn't even ask God about the battle. He doesn't ask God if they're going to get victory. He doesn't ask God to... Give him reassurance. He doesn't ask God to bless what he's going to be doing. He doesn't ask God to bless the nation of Israel. He doesn't ask God to bless his leadership. He doesn't ask anything. He just simply says, what does my Lord want to say to his servant? And guess what God said? I just want to spend time with you. God said, remove your sandals from your feet for the place where you're standing is holy ground. God said, I want you to take your shoes off. I want you to sit down and I want you to spend time with me and I want you to understand why this is so important. God could have have used this opportunity to have reassured Joshua and said, Joshua, I'm going to give you the land of Jericho. You're going to win this battle. I'm going to make sure that you're a great leader. But he's already told him all that. You know what? He really wanted to do He wanted to just spend time with him because the more time that you spend with someone, the more you trust them. The more you're able to see their heart, the more you're able to see their intentions, the more you're able to see what they are really like. And God said, I want you to spend time with me so that way you will trust me. I want you to spend time with me so that way you can feel my presence. So you can know what it means to walk in my presence. What God wants us to do today is God wants us to be able to take time to spend with Him. He wants us to take time to be able to just sit down and be in His presence. not And listen... I'm not knocking this because I do this too. There's a difference in praying about things in your life that you're needing prayer for. And there's a difference in spending time with the Father. All right, I, I'll give you an example. I know I talk to a lot of people. And again, listen to what I'm saying before you you, you kind of take it the wrong way. Because I do this too. There's times while I'm driving down the road, I'll spend time in prayer with the Lord But I have a lot of people that will tell me, you know what, Jeremiah? Because I don't have a whole lot of time in my day when I am driving down the road, I spend my time praying with the Lord. Okay, that's great. But are you really spending time in His presence? Because right, here's what I'm saying. When you're driving down the road, are you not having to be aware of traffic lights? Are you not having to be aware of all the vehicles around you? Are you not having to have your attention divided between trying to ask God and pray and talk to God and then all that's going around you as well? Because see, the difference in what's happening right here is is Jesus is telling Joshua right here, I want you to take your shoes off and I want you to sit down with me for a while. There's no distractions going on. We're not going to talk about warfare. We're not going to talk about battle plans. We're not going to talk about any of those things. We're just going to sit in each other's presence. You know what that is? That is you and I carving out time in our day to say, I'm turning my phone off. I'm turning the TV off. I'm turning everything off. I'm shutting myself in my closet. I'm letting my family know I'm not available right now for any kind of questions, any snacks, or anything of that nature. And I am carving out this time, and I am dedicating it to where I am just going to sit In the presence of my Father, I am taking my shoes off and we're just going to sit and we're going to dialogue together. That's what this is. There's nothing wrong with praying while you're driving, but I can promise you this. You can't give God your undivided attention. What he's talking about to Joshua here is I want you to give me your undivided attention. I want you and I to commune together. I want you and I to deepen in our relationship together. I want you and I to be able to build a bond together that goes deeper than what you're used to. That's that's completely different than us just spending, you know, a quick time in prayer saying, God bless this, keep my children safe, you know, and all those different things. This is us really sitting down and working on the heart of God and saying, God, I want to hear your heart. I want to hear what's going on with you. I know when, when Lauren and I first got married, that was one of the biggest problems that she and I had was this level of communication. I didn't fully understand communication on a married level kind of perspective, and it was so hard for us, and I, I never, I never did understand the importance and the value of literally just sitting down, being in the same room together. I, I was one of those that I always felt like th- that, you know, silence was not a good thing. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't understand what snuggling or, or cuddling really did. I thought that if we snuggled, you know, on the couch watching, we had to watch TV or we had to talk. But there was times Lauren just said, "You know what? I just want you to hold me." I just want to spend time with you. I did not understand when we first got married that that was connection. That was just us connecting. And her just being in my arms made her feel safe and secure. She didn't need me to talk to her. She didn't need us to be distracted by watching TV. She just wanted me to hold her. And for us to just have that close connection. And it took a long time in our marriage for me to, to understand that because it was me just asking questions and saying, you know, why is that something that you want? And to be able to be quiet and to hear her heart and just say, listen, I want to be close to you. I get just as much out of our relationship by me just being close to you and us connecting than I do with anything else. And I think sometimes what happens is we don't like that awkwardness of, of, of the silence. We don't like that awkwardness of, of things around us being quiet. And we we, we kind of push that also into our prayer life. We don't like to just be sitting and being silent with the Lord. We don't like just kind of shutting ourselves up in our prayer closet. It's just being us and, and, and God in there and and being able to dwell in that. Uh, that, that that kind of quiet presence because it's uncomfortable because we're so used to being so busy that the quiet bothers us. But you know, that's why we go back and, and I've got this plaque sitting here right beside my desk that I look at, Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I'm God. Sometimes you've got to quiet everything around us because remember how Jesus said that the Holy Spirit communicates in a still small voice. He's not going to be the loud, you know, roaring voices that are in our lives every day. And so what we've got to do is we've got to still ourselves. We've got to get quiet. We've got to remove all the distractions that are around us and just spend time with God and take off our shoes and recognize we're in a holy place in a holy moment. With our Father, when we quiet our minds, we quiet our hearts, and we quiet our spirits, and we just kind of sit in the presence, and we ask the question that Joshua asked, what does my Lord want to say to his servant? And I know it's tough. I know it's tough to do that. But you know what? There's nothing better than that. And so what I want to encourage you with is if, if you feel like you're too busy right now And you've not really been feeling the presence of the Lord Can I encourage you to just kind of set aside Listen, you don't have to do 30 minutes a day Start with five set, Start with five minutes and just say You know what, for the next five minutes I'm just going to shut everything down I'm turning my phone off All of this stuff And I'm just going to sit in the quietness And the presence of the Lord And I'm just going to ask the question God, what do you want to say to me? God, what do you want me to hear from you today? God, I've shared with you all the things that's on my heart. I've asked you to bless and to move and to keep safe and to heal and all of those things. I've done shared with you my heart. But God, what's on your heart today for me? Because see, here's the other thing. We've got to personalize it. We've got to realize that God has a specific message just for you that he wants to share with you. It's not generic. It's just for you. And it's something that he wants to talk with you about. But you've got to make the choice to set aside the time He's not going to force you to. So that's what I encourage you to do today is set aside that time. Start doing it every single day. Like I said, start with five minutes. Work it way, Work your way up. You'll be amazed at how amazing sitting in the presence of God is going to start making your relationship with Him deepen. How it's going to affect your whole entire day. How it's going to do so many things for you. So I pray that you have a blessed rest of your week. We'll look forward to getting back into God's word in the book of Joshua next week. And I pray that this has challenged you and encouraged you and that you have a blessed day.